fancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A mother load of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. Come on in, partner, and join us for the Wild West Showdown. As I sat eating a sandwich the other day, I watched part of a Lone Ranger show on television. I watched as Tonto slipped in the back door. As soon as he saw the outlaw with a gun in his hand, he quickly drew his pistol and knocked the bad guy's gun out of his hand with a perfect shot. How true do you think this would have been in real life in the Wild West? Could a shot from a pistol be that accurate? What's truth and what is fiction about gunfights in the Wild West? Well, according to movies and TV shows and even the books of Western authors depict gunfights happening almost every day. Two men challenge one another and meet in the street at high noon. They walk toward one another until they're approximately 10 to 15 feet apart. We watch as the sweat runs down the bad guy's face while the good guy is calm and not sweating at all. We see the bad guy's eye twitch and the next scene shows him laying in the dirt gasping his last breath. A hundred years of Westerns have taught us this was the way to survive in the Wild West. Be the quickest on the draw. That way, you live to fight another day. But in reality, let's look at it. How many killings do you think a town like Tombstone, Dodge City, and other famous towns saw in one year? If we believe what we see and read, that was probably a hundred, you figure, or even more. Here's the truth. How about five? That was the most murders any Wild West town saw in one year. Most towns averaged about 1.5 killings a year, and not all of those were shootings. You was way more likely to be murdered in Baltimore in 2008 than you were in Tombstone in 1881. That was the year of the famous gunfight at the O.K. Corral. There was three dead in that shooting, and that was the town's most violent year ever. Which, by the way, the shooting at the O.K. Corral wasn't in a corral, but in an alley. The inaccuracy of handguns at that time would have made quick-drawing skill irrelevant or more than likely impossible. It was very unlikely that you'd hit a guy on the first, the second, or even the third shot, so it didn't really matter which guy got his gun out fast. The closest history we have to the high noon showdowns was dueling, where two people stood across from one another with their guns out, aimed, and fired until somebody got lucky and somebody got dead. You'd be lucky to hit a man in a duel if it took place in a closet. So why do we believe this? Because famous gunfighters like Billy the Kid wanted you to believe it. If you've seen the Young Guns movie, you know he was gunning down somebody every 10 minutes. But according to sources about Billy the Kid, his lifetime kill count was only four. Criminals and outlaws inflated their murder status because it made them feel cool. It made them feel good. It made them be feared. Towns like Deadwood talked about their violent, lawless nature in order to attract businesses to move in. Books were written about them, and movies as soon as cameras were invented. Nobody wanted to correct these misconceptions because why? People enjoy it. 
People believe shooting a bad guy in the heart is a lot more satisfying than filing a complaint with the cops. There's no checks and balances, no second guessing. Just the man and his gun. I think it's about time for some original country music. What do you think? I knew the minute I heard this young man, we had to have him on the show. Here's Darren Little with his original song, Wild Buckaroos. Thank you, Darren, for that great song. How many times have you signed up for a newsletter and you never got anything? I know I've done that. 
And I want to apologize to all you folks that have signed up for the Outlaws Publishing Newsletter and you haven't received anything, or you did receive one that I sent out the other day. I'm just a little bit embarrassed at the way it turned out. My excuse is this, the old cowboy's still a newbie at all this technological stuff. I promise you the next time it'll be better, but then maybe I better not make that promise until we see how it works out. Let me say this also, just because you haven't received the newsletter yet, please don't give up on the old cowboy. We'll get her done, even if the creek does rise and we can't cross over it. Those that haven't signed up yet, you ought to go over to outlawspublishing.com and sign up for that newsletter. Or you can send an email to me here, jc at outlawspublishing.com. That's jc at outlawspublishing.com. Tell me you want to receive that newsletter. I just had a new audio book released in the last week or so. It's called The Waterhole. I wrote it and I narrated it. It's a pretty good little short story. You ought to take a listen to it. I also want to mention that John D. Fye Jr.'s new book, Solution, is live on Amazon. And his first book, Blood on the Plains, is available in audio. If you hadn't got a copy of those yet, why don't you jot that down on that paper that I ask you to keep handy. Right after the show, you go over there to Amazon and, and get you a copy. We've got as our special guest today, Arthur Bradley Dennison. Brad began writing his first novel at 10 years of age. And then at age 14, he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to write for a living. He refused to give up, even when the odds were so much against him. Now, thanks to Amazon, his stories are available. He doesn't write about the Old West as much as he writes about what it might have been to have been there. We want to welcome today to the Wild West Showdown, Mr. Bradley Dennison. Welcome, Mr. Dennison. Thank you. Good to be here. How long have you been an author, Brad? Well, when I, I've been doing this kind of all my life, pretty much. When I was a little kid, I, I always knew I wanted to be a storyteller. And at, at like 10 years old, I was playing around with comic books, but my artwork was terrible. And and I thought about Hollywood and screen plays, but westerns were going out. And my father said, well, why don't you try writing a book? I said, hmm, I was about 13 then. And I, I'd never actually thought about it, so I tried it, and I just fell in love with it. 13 years of age. Yeah, because as a as, as a novelist, you're not only the writer, you're all the actors, you're the director, the producer, the costume designer, you're everything, the set designer. <laughs> and so I just fell in love with it. And then at 14, a high school teacher of mine said, you know, people make a living doing this. They pay their bills for writing. I said, really? So sign me up. <laughs> and I've been, I was just a kid in a small town up in, up in Maine. And so I had no idea how the outside world worked at that time. And he told me that. Yeah, so I just signed me up, and I never looked back. I've always, that's what I've always wanted. You said he told you you could make your living at it. He said, you could, yeah. He, he said there are people who pay their bills this way. Is how he put it. They, they, they it's a full-time job. He had a copy of Writer's Digest magazine, handed it to me, and he said, check it out. I said, so, so I did. Let me ask you a personal question then. Is it paying your bills? It is now. Yes, it is now. I want you to give me your secret. I wish I knew what my secret was. I I was trying to write some paranormal stuff because I was told that was what is selling. And I, so I, I published that online on Amazon. I sold, I think it was about four copies over two months. And then I put this, long, this novel, The Long Trail, on just as a whim, really. And that took right off. I have no idea how. There was no promotion. There was nothing. I didn't do any, I, I didn't think it would sell. 
I've had too many agents and and editors telling me that the Western is dead. So they, they wouldn't even look at my stuff because they would say the Western is dead. And so I expected this to sell like five copies over two years, but it took right off, 38 copies in two weeks, and, and we haven't looked back. And you're self-published? Self-published for the most part. I have an agent now. and You're not doing hardly any promotion, and it's still selling that well? Yes, I did no promotion at all with the Long Trail. I put it online and did not expect much out of it based on what the publishing industry was telling me. And to my surprise, it jumped onto the Amazon bestseller list, and we have cleared, I think, we cleared 10,000 sales about two months ago. It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. What you just said about agents and publishers telling you that your stores weren't any good is exactly the reason that I started Outlaws Publishing because I got so tired of hearing that same thing about my stories. And I knew there were others out there receiving that same treatment that I was getting. And I might add that Outlaws Publishing is a company dedicated to helping authors fulfill their dreams and not telling them their stories aren't any good. Anyway, how many books do you have published right now? Right now, we have five books in the McCabe series. We have a companion series called Jubilee, starting at, it's just started out. This book, Preacher with a Gun, is the first one in that one. Mm -hmm plus two more in the Texas Ranger series. I also have a book of short stories called Early Trails that's out for folks who, who might want to read what I was writing about 20 years ago. Some of those stories got published in small magazines, and most I couldn't get anybody, anybody to, to look at. How about your next one? When is it coming out? Well, what we have right now, the next McCabe novel is going to be called Johnny McCabe, after the lead character, and it's largely a flashback story to his early days. And the one after that will be a Jubilee novel entitled Gunhot Blood. How often do you release a book? About every four months, but we've made some changes, so we hope to increase that. How long does it take you to write a story? It takes me about 90 hours to actually write one. And my wife is home now full-time, so I'm able to devote a lot more hours per day to this. So we hope to have more out. I'm also doing some some mysteries. I'm sort of testing the water in that genre, tough guy mystery series. I'm looking at a series I'm calling McCabe County. It's about the McCabe family today, descendants of, of, of the folks from the Western series. And one, one particular guy, Rick McCabe, who's the county sheriff, he might appeal to some Longmire readers and... So my agent's trying to sell that now. So you do have an agent now? Yes, I got an agent about a year and a half ago. She's a member of Western Writers of America, and I found her through that organization. We now have the long trail out in um, large print paperback through Wheeler Publishing. And the second one, I think, is what we're looking at getting out now. And she's trying to find a contract to get the whole series out in regular size paperback. You write a story in 90 hours? Is that what you're telling me? I can do a complete book in, yeah, about 90 hours. If I, That is a rough draft and yeah. then, a re, then a revision of the rough draft. And then my wife, who's also a professional editor, then goes over it, which takes a little while, and then we have a proofreader go over it. So my part takes about 90 hours and about 20 more from my editor wife and my proofreader. There's people that take five years to ten years to write a book. What do you say to them? Well, the long trail actually took me a long time. I can I created those characters when I was ten years old, and then I put the plot lines together. 
that ended up becoming this novel when I was 11. I didn't know what I was going to do with them at that point, if I was looking at a TV series or what I was trying to do. A kid, you just figure you can write a TV series and off it goes. It's easy, easy as that, you know. And then about two years ago, I actually wrote the last scene to it. <laughs> so so it was really a long trail, as I tell people. It was years and years. You had the right title for it, didn't you? Yeah, I was 10 years old in 1971. That's when I started creating the characters. Around 1990, I wrote the first draft. Speaking of titles, how do you come up with your characters' names and the titles of your books? I have a, a lot of trouble with titles, as a rule. If it doesn't come to me immediately, then it doesn't seem to come to me at all. And this one was called The Long Ride at one point, and I called it The McCabe's at one point, then went back to The Long Ride, and about a week before I put it on Amazon, it occurred to me that The Long Trail is a better title. But the second one is called One Man's Shadow, because that comes from a piece of dialogue in the book. But I could not come up with a title for that that, that seemed right. So I thought, well, let's look at a crucial piece of dialogue. And that's where that title came from. Do you use an outline when you write, or do you just write by the seat of your pants? I fly by the seat of my pants for the most part. I tried an outline with the novel Tremaine. Back around 89 or 88, I wrote the first draft for that. I did that based on an outline, a really detailed outline. And it was interesting, an interesting way to go. But there's something about flying by the seat of your pants that is just kind of thrilling in a way. It's kind of fun. You find that your characters kind of take over your story, don't you? Yeah, yeah, they do. I, I write these with a sort of a general ending in mind, but knowing that, that it might wind up totally different. That's what happened with the Preacher with a Gun. It wound up going in a very different direction. But I've learned to trust these characters in the, in the McCabe group, and I just I, I let them have their, their way, I guess. I've talked to a lot of authors, and they all say the same thing. Have you ever gotten discouraged and said, I'm just going to chuck it all in and not do this anymore? Yeah, over the years, I, I was discouraged quite a bit. I, I had a lot of people in my life at one time or another trying to discourage me from this. And I, they're the people who are now telling me how proud they are of me. And they knew I could, I could <laughs> they always knew I'd, I'd do this and be a success. But friends and, and people I went to school with at times were kind of discouraging. There were some teachers who were discouraging. One teacher tried to talk me out of writing westerns because he thought they were just plain stupid, as he put it. But I was, I guess, ornery enough as a kid that it made me angry, and it made me even more determined to stay with it. And then editors and publishers telling me that um, the western was dead, and I tried different genres, but I was kind of approaching the industry from the outside as kind of an outsider, and it was just hard to get people to to read my work, people like editors or agents. Then when um, when this um, electronic publishing thing came out, Amazon and such, publishing e-books, I decided to take advantage of that and see what would happen. One of the best things that ever happened to authors is this new technology. I think it is. There are a lot of people who are pretty good writers out there but just could not get their work read, and now they are. And there's a chance now to develop a track record that the industry will look at. As far as having people tell you that you're not going to succeed, I don't think a person should worry about it too much. If you've got that passion, if you've got that desire to write, there's nothing going to hold you back. I almost quit twice, but the thing is, being a writer is something that it's not just what you do, it's who you are. So even if you're not writing, you're still a writer. And I, I kind of realized that. I, I quit for about two weeks one time, and I realized that I'm still a writer. I still think like a writer. The imagination's still going. I mean, you can't shut it off. How do you handle all your social media? 
What I do is I use Facebook. I've made a lot of contact through Facebook. I even found my agent through Facebook. So there's a lot to that. I've tried, um, what's it called, Twittering or tweeting? Twitter. <laughs> it's yes. a, I, yeah, I've tried that thing, and most Western writers don't pay that a lot. Of, well, most Western readers, rather, don't pay that a lot of attention, I found. The writers of other genres do really well with that, promoting themselves through that. But it's, it's mainly through Facebook. I also, in, in the long trail, include my email address, and a lot of readers have contacted me, and I've become friends with a few of them. And I forward, I, I tell them that I love reader feedback. Do you want to talk to McCabe's or you want to talk about the Old West in general? So I've got about 200 people now on my mailing list. And so you do keep in touch with your readers? Yes. What do your readers want to know? Mainly it is when is the next book coming out? I, I finished this, when is the next one? one? One told me that she could have a new McCabe novel every five days. That's fast. I can't do that. But, and they want to know what the next one's going to be about sometimes. What kind of advice would you give an up-and-coming author? An up-and-coming author, what I would give them, I guess a multi-tiered thing of advice. First thing is read the genre that you write in, because you can learn to write by reading other people's works, see how they handle scenes, how they handle dialogue. I don't copy them, but just see what works and then find your own way of doing it, kind of following their lead. And also see what doesn't work, because even though a book's in print, it doesn't mean it's any good. It might be poorly written. Don't accept the fact that everything that's in print is, is well written. See what's there, what works, what doesn't, and you have to write every day, because if you don't, you take a week off, you come back to it, it takes a while to get going again. Write every single day, and don't let people tell you you can't do it, because being a writer isn't actually writing, it's about who you are, and you can't change that. So if you, if you are a writer, then write. I guess that's my advice. Tell us how we can find your books. Right now, my books are available, my ebooks are available on Amazon. You can type my name in the search and they will come up. The McCabe novels, the Jubilee novel, Preacher with a Gun, and the two Texas Ranger novels. You'll find them that way. Also, the um, large print paperback version of The Long Trail is available on Amazon, but it's also available for order at any bookstore that carries new books. Any Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, anything like that, I'll be able to get it for you. Do you want to give your email address? Yeah, my email address is bradley.a.denison at gmail.com. Repeat that for us, please. Bradley.a.denison at gmail.com. We appreciate so much you being a guest on the Wild West Showdown with us today, and I want to give you a personal invitation to come back anytime. Thank you for having me. I'd love to come back anytime. You have a great show. Thank you very much. Now we're going to have another song by a young lady that does a fantastic job. This is Laurel Wright singing her original song, The Road Home. I drove up that old county road to the place where I'm from Just to bring back memories that I made when I was young I looked over across the creek at the church on the hill The graveyard where all my kin sleep, so quiet and so still. I 
Was I right? Is she not fantastic? How many of you have ever made up a bedtime story or a song to get your child to go to sleep at night? I'm betting the majority of you have done that. And yet you keep telling me I'm not a writer. I'm not a storyteller. What do you call telling your kid a bedtime story? I want to encourage each and every person that you all have a story inside that's wanting to be heard. Now here I go again on one of my broken record rants. Please let that talent out and share it with someone. Each one of us, in my opinion, has a desire to be praised, to be liked for something. That something could be a bestseller. Write something each day. What's that you're saying? I can't? Is that what you keep telling me? Well, listen, you write shopping lists when you go to the grocery store. You write letters to some of your friends. You write notes to your kids' teachers. Many of you share your thoughts on Facebook every day. Those are stories, folks. 
Did you ever write your sweetheart a little love note? What I'm trying to say is we're all writers. Some just hadn't realized it yet. So why don't you gather up all those little notes that you've been jotting down for years and compile them into a book? I'd like to hear about it. Won't you send it to jc at outlawspublishing.com? Let me take a look at it and share it with the world, if that's what you'd like. Well, it looks like it's that time again. Time to slop the hogs, lock up the chickens, and get ready for another day. I want to say thanks to our two young singers, Darren Little and Laura Wright. You can find these talented young folks on Facebook, on YouTube, basically all over the Internet. I also want to give Bradley Dennison a great big thank you for being our special guest today. Don't forget to go over to Amazon check out his books. Remember this now, if you would. Life's a whole lot simpler if you'll plow around that stump. This is the old cowboy saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.